Welcome to the Relationship Builder Podcast. I'm Dr. Kevin Skinner with my friend and colleague, Brett Williams. How are you today, Brett? Good. You know, uh, I want to just say thanks to our listeners, those who are faithful listeners, and uh, I, I always appreciate your feedback, and, and I just, you know, it's good to be with people and share some ideas and some concepts. So we thank you who are listening. Today our topic is, is not an easy one, because we're going to be talking about pornography and shame, and how shame influences relationships. So if you've got a family member who has been stuck in pornography, uh, somebody who it's influencing their life and has influenced their life maybe for years, we're going to be talking about the internalized voice of shame and how that influences relationships. It's a very big deal. What are your initial thoughts on this topic, Brett? Yeah, and so I want to talk about this because one of the things that we now understand more about shame is it's relational. And and the higher the level of shame a person has, the more it influences their relationships. So I feel like I don't belong or there's something wrong with me or I don't fit in with others. And so you can find in individuals who are trapped in shame a feeling of I don't belong or there's something wrong with me and people won't accept me. And so oftentimes they'll keep it a secret. And then when it's discovered, it's even worse because now it's discovered and now I really don't fit or I don't belong because people are upset at me. People um, are, you know, critical of me, whatever it may be. And so, so it's the, the shame that comes from this secretive behavior begins then to influence me in many different aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. You mean it doesn't take care of the problem? And the secrets, right? And so one of the things that I want to I want to really emphasize here is that, you know, what we've uh, when we look at the research on shame, uh, shame is this sense of something's wrong with me, and if we hear that voice, I'm not enough. Others won't accept me. Uh, I really believe that pornography creates a self worth battle. I'm not enough. 
um, people don't like me. If people knew what I was really like, they wouldn't want to be with me. How many times have you heard that in your office? Right. Great, great point there. So now as it begins to come out or unravel and people are starting to talk about their involvement with pornography, what we often find is it actually reduces the shame. So transparency. Now, if we started talking about some of the solutions, we know what it looks like, secrecy, hidden behaviors, and these beliefs. But now if we turn a little bit of our attention to how to deal with that shame, it actually comes by talking openly and not having a secret. Now, I'm not saying we put a billboard on, on, I, you know, on the interstate saying, hey, I've got a porn problem. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is finding select people who you can be open with and disclose what you've been stra- struggling with and what the battle is really like. It takes a lot of courage to do that. But I have found that individuals, when they do that, they realize that in many cases they're not alone. And oh my goodness, people understand me. P- other people actually feel this way too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so one of the strategies that we give to our clients is you need, you need some accountability. You need to be able to talk with somebody, not just about the past, but it's also helpful to be able to say when you're having a hard time to be able to reach out. I remember a group that you and I did together back many years ago. Do you remember the A-team? Great story, but what had happened in this group is we basically, you know, we were talking about the power of accountability, and I'll never forget what happened is one of the group members said, hey, you know, why don't we become our own support group and accountable for each other? And and so they created a group me account, and they were all on it, and when one of them was struggling, they reached out, and they all found support in each other. And they came back, I don't know if it was the next week or the week after, but they said, hey, we're calling ourselves the A-team for accountability. And I just loved it because what, what, I, what I learned from them is, you know, you get the ball rolling there, and they started supporting each other. So they started reaching out in times of need, and it was a great example of the power of a group.
Yeah. And so to our listeners, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of afraid to reach out for help. They're afraid to reach out for support, you know, because it's embarrassing. I mean, I, I don't want to admit or acknowledge that I need help to stop my use of pornography. But then when they do, it's it's unbelievable the progress that I see. Yeah, great point. All right, so to to our listeners today, you know, we, we talk about the voice of shame. We talk about how it influences relationships. Now, because this is the Relationship Builder podcast where we provide the tools and you do the building, if you know somebody who is struggling with pornography, you might have them listen to this podcast just to hear that internalized voice that, you know, maybe that's been running through their mind for not just days and weeks and months, but probably years, this feeling of inadequacy, this feeling of not being enough. And, and what I want to let you know and let everybody know is that as we reach out to others, as, as we give our, as I often say, give our shame a voice by, by talking with other people, it loses its power. There is hope, and you don't have to live with the shame. Yeah, if you would, please.
same challenges mm-hmm yeah Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Now, a, a couple things that I would want to conclude with today is if, if you find yourself, if you're struggling with it, or if you've got a family member, just understand that shame is a, creates a self-worth battle, this use of pornography, hidden behaviors. It, it creates a self-worth battle. Uh, and, and really, I find that when people learn to open up, that sense of shame almost disappears. And, and not that it just goes away or melts away, but it's, as it begins to have a voice, as you bring it into the light, it loses its power. And, and, and so when I find individuals who are openly talking, not afraid to share their challenge or burden with other people, that secrecy or the lack of secrecy helps tremendously. So concept number one, give the, give the shame a voice. Number two, because shame is always relational, when you learn to be relational and connect with other people, the shame also loses its power because you're not alone. So giving it a voice and then connecting with other people, those are two of the core things that we've talked about today. Now, the third part that we haven't talked about, and this is really uh, from some of the research that I've gathered in looking at the, this internal sense of what it does to happiness and well-being. And, and what we know is that when people are frequently viewing pornography, there's a relationship between that and depression and anxiety. And, and, and so it influences our, our mental health. Now, I'm not saying pornography causes depression. Maybe depression triggers people to view pornography. But it doesn't matter which way. It, it, the reality is, is if you start to pull yourself away from the pornography by getting support, reaching out, and doing those types of things, you're going to feel uh, more optimism, more hope in life, and in your life satisfaction will actually increase. So there's a benefit in what we're talking about. Suffering in silence is not necessary. You can reach out, get support, and realize that there are people who genuinely do care, who understand you, and that others are going through something similar. Oh, you mean my book? <laughs> you silly.
Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you uh, for for your stories today, and uh, thanks for plugging the book as well. That my book, uh, I've, I've got two of them. One is treating pornography addiction, the essential tools for recovery, and I have another one treating sexual addiction, a compassionate approach to recovery. And I, I can tell you that in in uh, writing those books, uh, it's been a privilege listening to the stories of people who've been suffering, and and realizing that you know what. These tools work. There are solutions. And as I, as I closed my book, it's a compassionate approach to recovery. You're not broken. There are solutions. Reaching out for support, getting help, giving it a voice, and being relational. These are all tools and strategies that do work. And uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Brett, do you have any final thoughts or comments for our listening audience? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, and and finally, I'm going to say that if you're suffering with shame, take some time and reflect on the burden that you're carrying. You don't have to do it alone. And uh, so today we thank you for taking time. If you have questions, relationshipbuilderpodcast at gmail.com shoot us an email, and uh, we'd love to talk, share our thoughts, and uh, maybe answer your questions here on the podcast. You've been listening to the Relationship Builder Podcast with Dr. Kevin Skinner, my friend and colleague Brett Williams. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back with you again soon. Remember, love is a choice. Make it every day.